What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 94 of the Stand-Up Guys podcast. I am your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined, as always, by my moon brother from the same moon mother, Lester Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Worse all the time. I'm looping in the theme of the show. (laughs) And, of course... We got the ninth wonder, chocolate thunder, eating that poon, never stopping too soon, the clit licking, never quitting, having fun, making pussies run, the phenomenal one, AJ Singh. Hey everybody, just trying to live up to my intro. <laughs> Back to the classic intro this way. <laughs> um, all right, well if you guys didn't figure it out from that glorious intro, we are doing a our, our better late than never review of, of Moon Knight. We originally were going to do it last week, but we had a little too much fun talking about Doctor Strange, so we're going to do it this week. Um, but we do got a little bit of time before we get into that for a little bit of small talk. What have you guys uh, been doing this week? You been watching anything else? I tried to watch uh, Fast 9, F9, I guess this was called. F- tried to? Does tried that mean you to. failed? F9. Yeah, I, yeah, there was a point where uh, I think Ludacris, not Ludacris, the, Tyrese says to uh, Dom... So you have a secret brother who leads an army, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna turn it off here." Because <laughs> like just before that, Dom had uh, crossed a canyon with his car by hooking it onto some rope, and it swung from one side to the other, and he just ended up on a ledge on the other side. So I was like, "All right, you know." It, that uh, sounds like good engineering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, I've I've heard of this one. I'm gonna keep watching it. I am gonna power through because I have to see <laughs> where they get to space. That's what I've, I've heard about. I've it heard as well. they get to space in this one. So, uh, you know, just let's, let's just see that happen. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I heard some people say they thought like the movie jumped the shark with this one, and I'm like, what series have you been watching? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know they're going to keep making them. I think James Wan just got in a fight with uh, Vin, Vin Diesel, Diesel on the set of one of them, and he's left the set, so he's not coming back. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they're still going to try to make that movie. Oh, they'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> They've done too much work on it, and they make too much money not to do it. But <laughs> They're going to end up making more of these than Halloween movies. <laughs> I mean, suppose. They say they're gonna make like eleven of them and oh. stop, but I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, because they're right, right there. Eleven's the magic number. And even if they quit there, <laughs> you think they're not gonna make more spinoffs like that one we watched with the with the Hobbs Rock, and yeah, Hobbs and Shaw, and they'll probably all the other characters. We'll, we'll get a Tyrese Ludacris yeah. movie where it's just them and nobody cares. <laughs> There's a Fast and the Furious cinematic universe. There really yeah. is. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Proudly. I've watched a lot of those movies. There's still a couple that I have them, but I've probably watched more of them than I should have. <laughs> uh, what about anything else you guys watch? Probably. Probably. What do you remember me watching? This <laughs> well, I know you watched... Uh, didn't you watch the first episode of that um, Star, Star Trek, Trek Strange, Strange New, New Worlds? Yeah, there's only one episode out. Yeah, it just started. So yeah, it wasn't bad. It's got promise. I watched a, a documentary on uh, Jared Leto's fan base. Oh, he, he's got like a, a cult base. Like he's doesn't he like have a, like a legit cult? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I forgot. I think there was like something of Ascension or something. I'm not sure what their name is, but yeah, they got a whole weird name and everything. And uh, they, they started out as like 30 Seconds to Mars fans, I guess. 
And like he just kind of built that fan base into something creepy and weird over time. Uh, by the way, like what does it take to get canceled? Because like how do you run a cult and, and not have like something so shady going on that you deserve to be canceled? I know, but he look at he just has he's good looking man. He's fifty and he looks like that. That's what it is. The cult of good looks. <laughs> yeah, I'd never even heard about this one. A cult. Uh... I just saw like a picture of him, like you know, wearing like one time like a culty, like a white like robe or something, and I think he had like all these people around. <laughs> he looked like a cult leader. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I don't know what exactly is going on with him. Might require some research. Um. So I watched a couple things. Uh, so. I finished Lock and Key season two. Mm. Like that. Definitely in for more when whenever that picks up again. Yeah, that was going strong. Yeah, definitely definitely enjoyed that. Um I rewatched a Western that I had watched many years ago with you called The Proposition. It's like an Australian Western with uh Guy Pierce where like there's like three brothers and like Right in the beginning of the movie, like him and his his he's the middle child. Him and his younger brother get arrested, and like the the like sheriff of this town is like, what we really want is your older brother, who's like a rapist, killer, piece of shit. And so he's like, if you go, you got such and such amount of time to bring your older brother back, or we're gonna execute your younger brother. I do not remember this at all. Anyway, like it's a good premise for a movie, but overall. Like, it's not great. <laughs> like, I can't really recommend it. Like, it's okay, but it's 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 nothing to write home about. And then, um, um, so a few weeks ago, you were talking about watching Star Trek Picard, so I started watching that. Yeah. I finished season one, and then I'm about halfway through season two. And, like, I find it, like, enjoyable enough, but I've also been um, watching the Red Letter Media guys, like, reviews of Picard like the ones I've already oh, yeah. watched and like they're entertaining as well like those guys like it's well done but what's funny is just like seeing how um cause they'll like go through and like tell you like cause they don't like it <laughs> but like a lot of like hardcore treks uh, people don't but you can see because they'll like show you clips like oh yeah this is how they contradicted like this that happened in oh there's those types of people right so they like are like can actually like go through and show you like this is why this uh, is incongruent with how Picard has traditionally been shown and, and stuff like that and like it, it's interesting to just see like how being a big fan of something can can affect you if they ever like <laughs> you know do more of that which I'm sure if they ever, like, you know, made something, like, really, like, a Batman project that really went against, like, how Batman, like, you know, I might be more upset about it. But just being, like, like me and you have, like, a very, like, general knowledge of, like, Star Trek, not, like, hardcore, so we can enjoy things like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm that wrapped up in anything where I'd be too twisted out about it. I mean, no. Like, even if they made a shitty Batman thing, it's I just I, be I like, mean, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. What if you like? Oh, this is in keeping with Adam West. <laughs> I mean, I already like lived through Batman and Robin, right. so it's not going to get worse than that. I don't think. I hope not. That's yeah. That's the other thing is like there will be a day when someone produces a huge piece of shit. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But uh, yeah, I don't even Batman like. Even though I have a lot of knowledge of Batman, like, I can't even, like, come close to some of the, like, 
nerds out there that just like dedicate their life to like the real minutia type well, stuff. You know, that, that's one. Also, one like it's very difficult. Like it's saying those universes where you're like, oh, there's multiple universes. How do we keep track of all this? And you're just like, oh, that happened in a different universe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I think. These comic nerds like they have to like pin it down, right? And all all you have to do is if you're a writer. Just create like a whole new universe right. and be like, yeah, that's that's this version of the character. <laughs> it was almost identical to the universe you're thinking of, <laughs> but it was slightly different. Everything up until that point was yeah. the same, <laughs> but this is where it changed. <laughs> Batman had had a uh, yellow in his suit in this universe. <laughs> like, oh, it all makes sense. <laughs> but I mean, they have so many different writers come in and stuff like that. You can't yeah. really hold them to it, you know. Yeah, being consistent over that many episodes is almost impossible. Yeah. Or, you know, retakes and redos. And, yeah. But some people are really hardcore about it. I mean, when I first got into comics, <laughs> I didn't know that there were so many, like, different types of stories about the same character. Yeah. So I was confused at first. I was like, well, so what? what is the story? But then right. realizing, like, oh, there's a reason it is that way, you know? Like, there's so much... Like, if you want content, then you have to deal with it being a little fractured. Yeah. Yeah, I don't worry about it that much. Yeah. I, I do prefer probably that each story within itself is kind of self-contained. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. But, We're... yeah, otherwise, <laughs> yeah, well, everything's out the, out the window. Yeah, because, like, I, I've been listening, or I've been watching these, like, versus battles, and there's so many times where, like, Hulk has fought Thor, and, like, either one wins. Right. So it's like, there's no real, like, consistency. <laughs> it's like the Bible where, like, I believe everything, even the stuff yeah. that contradicts the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should have, like, Bible fights. <laughs> Jesus versus Moses, round one. <laughs> Jesus versus Thor. <laughs> We should make like a, a mortal. I, think I would like to see that. We yeah, should we should make like a Mortal Kombat game with all biblical characters <laughs> just like violently killing each other. <laughs> you can include Muhammad and possibly be violently killed yourself. <laughs> He's just a big blur on the screen. <laughs> or we we could make a Mortal Kombat with. Like every public domain character knows there is. <laughs> public domains. Oh, did you guys see? So, like, I like for some reason, like, Republicans in Florida, like, are upset with Disney. I think over, like, their stance on the whole don't say gay bill or whatever. Anyway, now one of the, like, um, Florida lawmakers is, like, trying to to punish Disney by making it so like uh um copyright laws or whatever like expire faster which would put like the original version of like Mickey Mouse in the public domain mm. and and so like on one hand like I don't really give a shit because it would it would probably just put a bunch of like I mean the truth is they ruined Mickey Mouse a while ago so <laughs> it might actually do them a favor if someone started creating good Mickey Mouse content. I mean was Mickey Mouse anyone's ever anybody's favorite cartoon character? Like he was their mascot but like well he came in early but I mean older Mickey was better than like Mickey today. Was he like more violent? I don't even I don't think I even watched a lot of classic Mickey I, I, yeah, cartoons. Yeah, I think more, you know, mischievous maybe maybe just a little a little, little more, more bugs bunny less like right they've done the same thing to bugs bunny and looney tunes they they took the teeth out of them <laughs> that's true but at least they uh, i feel had like a longer run 
Yeah, and on the whole, they were better, probably. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, same concept. Um, you guys got any chit-chat left before we get into Moon Knight? I'm good. All right, what's Moon Knight got to offer? All right, guys, let's do it. Um, so we'll probably do just like a, a brief like intro and maybe a, a few non-spoiler things, but most of this is going to be a spoiler-filled uh, breakdown. Uh, so the official synopsis of Moon Knight uh, is thus. Stephen Grant discovers he's been granted the powers of the Egyptian moon god, but he soon finds out that these newfound powers can be both a blessing and a curse to his troubled life. Um, the series stars Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight, Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow, May Kalamawai as Layla L. Foley, Fooley? I don't know how to pronounce that. And F. Murray Abraham as the voice of Khonshu. You know, I've heard the name F. Murray Abraham, but I have no idea like what else he's done. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, guys. Like, overall, um, kind of what were your thoughts on the, on the show and um, performances, I guess? I thought Oscar Isaac's performance was really good. You know, it had to be. Yeah, I would say that's like the highlight of the show and why it works is how good he is. Yeah, yeah. it's very tricky because he, you have to draw very distinctive lines between, you know, the exact same physically looking person. Right. And he does a good job of that. Like, yeah, it is pretty good. They're very distinctive. Right. The accent and the, yeah, the voice changes and the personality changes. I, I think he did very well. Yeah, I didn't like the first character that we're introduced to at you know at first. Stephen yeah. uh, Stephen Grant. Yeah, uh, he just seemed kind of weird to me. But I mean, after I think the whole point was to be able to distinguish between the different characters, so that's why he was a certain way, and you know the other characters were the way they were. So uh, yeah, it made it easier to figure out who was who later on. But yeah, at first I thought he was kind of a weird character. I was I was really hoping the show wasn't completely about Stephen Grant. <laughs> oh. I mean, he was entertaining, but yeah, I guess just because I had like a base knowledge of Moon Knight, I, I was like, okay, I know where this yeah. is going, and I know there's going to be another, you know, more sides to him. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's driving the conflict, though, because you need conflict between him and uh, some of his other personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, now, overall, would you guys, you guys have a positive outlook of the show? You liked it? Yeah, I, I think it was better than a couple of other Marvel shows. I was going to say, where would you kind of rate? If you were to rank like all these shows they've done so far, what would your ranking be? Uh, well, my tops, my top would be uh, WandaVision, then Loki, and then uh, I, I can tell you my bottom three at that point. Like uh, <laughs> Hawkeye is number like last place, right? Uh, second to last is Captain America, Falcon or Falcon Winter Soldier. And then uh, this one would be like third from the bottom. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. Yeah, I think pretty much I'd be the same, except I might switch like Loki and WandaVision. Same. Yeah, I, I think I would go Loki, number one, not by a lot, and then probably WandaVision, then Moon Knight, then Falcon Winter Soldier, and then, of course, <laughs> Hawkeye. Okay. Actually, like on Twitter, like they had that thing, like some like someone was like, rank these. So I put them in that order, but then between uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and, and Hawkeye, I put like all these like things like full blown AIDS <laughs> and like duets between country stars and rap stars <laughs> and Bridgerton and like just like all these horrible things. <laughs> yeah, Hawkeye was rough. Hawkeye was a rough one. Whew. All right. So I guess from this point on, 
all spoilers, but let's be honest. Anybody listening to this, you've watched Moon Knight. Don't pretend you haven't. All right, so Wikipedia at least has this handy little episode guide that'll have a a good synopsis of each episode, and then we can kind of uh, get into it. So episode one, The Goldfish Problem. Stephen Grant works at the British Museum in London where he hopes to become a tour guide using his knowledge of ancient Egypt. After going to sleep one night, he wakes up in the Austrian Alps, which I didn't know it was the Austrian Alps. I was just like, oh, it's European. Yes, it's (laughs) picturesque. And witnesses a cult meeting led by Arthur Harrow, who demands a scarab Grant unknowingly has in his possession. As he attempts to escape, he has several blackouts and hears a mysterious voice in his head before waking up in his home. Grant realizes that two days have passed since he went to sleep. He finds a hidden phone and key card in his apartment and receives a call from the most frequent number in the phone's call log, a woman named Layla, who addresses him as Mark. The next day at work, Grant is confronted by Harrow, who reveals that he is a servant of the Egyptian goddess Amit. Grant escapes from Harrow, but is forced to remain at work uh, that night on his own to make up for being late. Harrow summons a jackal-like creature to attack Grant, but his reflection asks to take control of their body. Grant agrees, transforming into a cloaked warrior who kills the jackal. Uh, one thing they don't mention in this that I wanted to get your guys' opinion on, and this is something that kind of bookends the whole series. So we open the show on um, uh, Ethan Hawke's character, and he breaks his glass and basically puts it in his shoes, so he's always, like, walking on glass. And then, like, at the very end, <clears throat> in, like, Moon Knight's head, where he has the whole, like, um, you know, mental hospital thing... Like, we see Harrow's bloody footsteps. So, like, number one, do they ever address why he puts the glass in his shoes? Like, are we to believe, like, he's some sort of, like, martyr or masochist or something? And then, like, what, like, I'm not maybe good with the symbology. What do you think, like, uh, his bloody footsteps, like, showing up mean? Does that mean just that, like, now, um, uh, you know, Moon Knight's aware of his true nature. It's, it's one of those things where I'm like, what are we supposed to be getting out of this? I think it's just a metaphor for his past. Like, it's always going to follow him. And he's always, He's got, like, this trail of blood behind him. And, like, later on we find out that he's trying to, like, atone for his sins. And, like, uh, that's why he's working with Amit to stop things that are... that stop people like him from rising up and doing those bad things. So do you think like the glass in his shoes is almost his way of like, like a massacre punishing himself yeah. for his past sins? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I was thinking like along those lines of like those monks who will like whip themselves. Yeah. Like it's like a self. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, now you just, I haven't watched this series in like, you know, over a week or whatever. <clears throat> you just watched a couple episodes. I remember, like in the beginning, like he did things like put sand around his bed so he can tell, like he, he right? He he definitely knows that like um he he uh, I guess goes out on his own. Yeah. So apparently he has episodes where like you know he goes to bed and he just wakes up in weird places. So he started like putting sand around his bed and tape on the door. Right. Um. And he like even like puts like a hospital like belt on his leg. So like. In the morning, he'll know if he's left or hopefully prevent himself from leaving while he's sleeping. And so there's that. There's also this, like, weird thing, like, 
so the first day he gets up, whatever, it shows you his routine. But also there's like a fish in the tank that has has like one fin, like Nemo. And it comes that'll come back into play later, but it is kind of pointless. But it, I don't know, it's weird. But anyway, yeah, fish, one fin. So he gets up, um uh does he have an episode where he like kind of goes out and uh, reappears on the bus or that comes later? I don't remember. I think it's later. Later maybe. But he's also kind of like like he has the insomnia or something because he, he's like falling asleep because of the episodes or something. But yeah, he goes in, he goes to work, right? And he's a he works in the gift shop. And I don't know. I, I guess probably there's some things that aren't going to make sense. But well, I have a question that would have happened somewhere right around this time. Is one of his female coworkers comes up to him, and he she's. She says something like, "Are we still on to go on a on a yeah, date?" Yeah, So right then we're introduced to like, oh, one of his other personalities like apparently asked this this woman out, right? Right. This is weird because this is weird because he it, doesn't know who it. Well, he doesn't remember it, so it was obviously one of the other personalities. Yeah. But here's what I want to know: in retrospect, now that we know Mark, and spoiler alert, now that at the very end of the show we we're introduced to Jake Loxley, I think his name Lockley. is. Which one of them do you think did it? Because knowing Mark's personality, it doesn't seem like a thing Mark would do. Right, because he's a girl. He has uh, he has Layla, Layla's who he girlfriend. still loves. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like it'd be him. But the other guy is like, he only comes out when it's like time to kill a bunch of people. So he's like a complete psychopath. Yeah, but I think it was the I think it was Jake. He seems like the more uh, you think he's charming, devious. He's, charming. A, he's a ladies' man, maybe. Yeah, seems like we don't know. It could be. Yeah. The only way I could see it being Mark is if he's like, oh, I feel sorry for uh, Stephen. Give him a date. Uh, yeah, so I'll throw him a bone. <laughs> <him a> <laughs> I don't know, but this, yeah, this pussy's never gonna it, do it. It definitely <laughs> didn't seem like something Mark would do. Yeah. So that's something I had to. Yeah, you know. yeah, it didn't fit very well, and they threw her threw her away pretty much like the next day also another question um so he's always having these phone conversations with his mom and he you know and he's always like later gators or whatever well later on we find out the truth of his mom and like she's dead or whatever so is he just like totally like imagining this in his head yeah it's really it's pretty bad but yeah he just yeah he calls and talks to his mom like every day (laughs) <laughs> they have a great relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, but yeah. So it goes through that. It basically shows you like his everyday life, and then that night he goes to bed, and that's when he wakes up in the Alps, and like his jaws all jacked up. He's he's been beaten up or something, and so he's trying to get his bearing, and that's when um, Conchu makes his first appearance. Right, we hear Conchu's right, voice. Right, he's like, ah, oh, the idiot's in charge or something, because he's, he's back in the body, and apparently he's the idiot. <laughs> By the way, can we get to this now, too? Like, So later on, we, we get like the origin story where he was almost dead. He he get, went into the pyramid or whatever. Conchu sees him and says, do you want to you know, be the warrior for the travelers of the night or whatever he says? And he turns him into Moon Knight. Right. Now, once he finds out that he's like this crazy multi-personality guy, I feel like he would drop him. Because why does Conchu want to put up with this shit? Because Conchu basically just wants a Jake Loxley. Well, 
Well, when Country meets him, he even he talks about how like him having multiple personalities is a good thing, like it benefits him. But I don't see how it does. Well, Ethan Hawke talks about like maybe he picked him because his mind is broken, so he's like easier to break. But we kind of skipped over this thing, like so there are these gods and like they have some covenant where they don't actually act in the world, but they have human avatars that they can give certain powers to, and so these people can go out in the world. And so, uh, yeah, Khonshu had chosen him at the point of death and basically offered him these powers if he wanted to live and do his bidding. Right. But, yeah, for whatever reason, yeah, he, he thought this guy was good. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I'm like, he could find a guy that's just a stone-cold killer that he, he <laughs> I would think he would do his bidding easier. But uh. Well, in the comics, like, Khonshu's plan is actually to, like, take over jake or mark specter's body completely oh so like he wants him to be fractured so he doesn't know what's real and what's really happening and you know so he can take over easily see if they would have set that up that would have been more interesting i think who knows maybe season two (laughs) that's another thing is do you think they're gonna do a season two there's been speculation about this because i guess um like they submitted like um, the show for like Emmy consideration, but they put it under like limited series, which when you do that, it's supposed to mean that it's only a one season show. Mm. But then like, apparently like one of their promo things for a minute said um, when the last episode was coming, called it a series finale. And then they changed it to season finale. So now like people don't know whether they actually plan to do another season or not. Hmm. I would, I kind of think they would. Would you guys prefer a straight up second season or would you prefer they just kind of like now that we know who he is like filter him into the MCU I mean after they've gone all this way only to like save the you know the crazy character for like to drop at the very last episode that's like it's like a uh, it cliffhanger ish right it seems like you would want just right another, you want more of that guy yeah see what he's all about right there's mystery there they set up the mystery well, I mean, they're definitely. I, I can't. I'm assuming they're going to pay that off somewhere. I just don't know if it's going to be in a Moon Knight season two or if, if he gets integrated, possibly. Right. I mean, I am looking forward to a Midnight Suns like team up between like Moon Knight and Blade and all of them. There is speculation now. I've never read like Midnight Suns. Like traditionally, is that who's in it? Is like Blade and Moon Knight? Moon Knight. And- I'm not sure who. Uh, I think. Um, I think uh, no, I'm not sure who. Else. Yeah, but like the it's the, mostly characters with some sort of supernatural, supernatural bent. Yeah. Okay. I think Daredevil might be one of them too, just because he's like you know at, out at night in Hell's Kitchen, and I think they're all around New York. Or something. Okay. That's one weird thing about uh, Marvel is like all the heroes are like New York City yeah. <laughs> almost. <laughs> it's like crowded. But that would be a good team up, I think. Uh, and the characters are all like. I think they're pretty much well introduced. You know, we've already seen Daredevil in the old series and Moon Knight in this one, and Blade's kind of been touched on a little bit. So I think they're well on their way to get, to get there. Yeah, and they got like a Blade series eventually coming, right? With uh, Mahersha Ali. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. Oh, it's, they kind of went out of the way to make his like female boss like a real bitch too, didn't they? Yeah, I think she's yeah, supposed she was, to. Yeah, she was a piece of work, yeah. <laughs> like, like a callback to his mom. <laughs> um, okay, so you were saying he, he wakes up in the Alps. Apparently or the Alps, yeah. yeah. And um, so he's confused. Uh, Conchu's telling him to give the body back to Mark. For whatever reason, he has this like this golden uh, scarab, scarab in his pocket. 
and um, kind of when he comes out of his daze or whatever, there's like some people in a window, and then they take out machine guns and start shooting at him or something. Yeah, which if that first guy was on the ball, he would just be dead. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, hi. He's like waving to him, and then like the other guy sticks his out in the window. is like, yeah, let's shoot him. And then they both start shooting at him. <laughs> the first guy's like, nur, 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 nur. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, now we shoot at him. But yeah, then he runs through this little village... And it comes back to Ethan Hawke's characters, like walking through a crowd of people, and apparently they're all like cult members or something. They're all followers. Right. And so he's got this cane, and it, it comes out basically that he can. The cane is a relic of this other god that's still dormant. Uh, what is it? Uh, it starts with an A. Amit. Amit. And so the basically the relic, this cane, like he can judge a person. Um, basically if they're going to do evil in the future. And so he'll test people. He tests one guy and he's like, oh, this is a good guy. He tests one old lady and she's like, I've been good all my life. And he's like, I believe you, but the cane says you're going to do something awful in the future. So <laughs> basically he drops her on the ground. He's she like, was about to go rape somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, sorry, I wish you could see the world we're going to create. And he just dumps her on the ground. She's waiting until 89 to eat a baby. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, what's the backstory on how he got these like scale powers where he can like do that to people? Well, he was Conchu's former uh, avatar. Right. So, yeah, it doesn't really get in the story how he gets this, but somehow he gets fed up with... Uh, because, I mean, he's not currently Amit's avatar, right? Avatar. Because he just has the relic. Right. So at some point... I, I mean, he was Moon Knight, so he had power at some point. He got this relic. Mm. But he never wanted, like, he was never trying to become an avatar, was he? He was just trying to freak uh, Amit? Well, he was he was an avatar, but I assume freeing her, he would become the avatar. Was like just part of it? Well, once he, and again, it's been a while, but once he frees Amit, doesn't, doesn't he, like, say right. something? Like, he assumes, like, she would just, like, kill him or something, and he was fine with that? Well, yeah, yeah it it was weird because, like, he gets judged, you know, the same, right? And the scales come out. Basically, he he is going to bring evil in the world. And whereas, like, the whole thing is about them killing people before they do evil. Like, this god is like, yeah, I get it, but it's okay for you or whatever. And she, like, gives him a pass. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. Yeah. yeah. Because her last uh, avatar, she, he was good. Or he lived by her rules, basically, and he still betrayed her. So she was like, I'll just go with somebody that, you know, just I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I remember, like, well, like, um, Harold's like, give me the scarab. And, like, he tries to, but, like, every time Harold goes to try to take it, like, he pulls it back. Yeah. Because he's, like, you know, conflicted. It's like Mark is a... Right. And then eventually, like, I think he blacks out, and then all of a sudden he's, like, on the road driving a... a van and right he gets surrounded in like a like a cupcake van yeah but like every time he gets in like a real pinch like he blacks out and then he like he comes to and there's just a bunch of dead people around yeah and he's got like a gun and stuff like (laughs) that yeah so that happens once he gets in the ice cream van and yeah mark keeps basically taking over his body even though we're not introduced to mark quite yet yeah i'm not sure like when it's mark and when it might be that other guy i i assume right in this scene like it's it's just Mark, but but yeah, they take off in this van. They're going down this mountain with all these like hairpin turns and whatever. Right. 
cars are falling on him, shooting at him. And like he goes back and forth a few times, but like every time he gets in like in a tight pinch, someone else steps in and then there's a bunch of more dead people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that goes on for a while and eventually he just wakes up in his bed. Yeah. And so at that point, like I get I guess as an audience we could possibly think, oh, is that all in his head? Even though we all right. kind of think it happened. Yeah, they played with that for a little while, kind of keeping you wondering what's going on. You know, I got to say, a part of me thinks the series would be more interesting if they made it so, like, conchu and everything. Like, we never really knew if it was real or all in his head. But the things he does as Moon Knight obviously defy... The laws of physics and things so we're like okay it must there is a supernatural element right. here for sure for sure you know um yeah so he wakes up uh and then he just kind of tries to go about his normal life again but he doesn't know that like two days have passed right right that i think that's kind of like the close to the end of the first episode or whatever well i remember he, he tries to go on his date and she doesn't show so he calls and she's like what the fuck's wrong with you it's two days later yeah, well, he wakes up, yeah, in his bed, and, like, the fish thing comes up, and there's, like, a fish in the tank that has both its fins. Yeah, so what's the deal with the fish? I was a little confused it's on like, the fish. Uh, well, it was, like, prevalent enough that I was like, is this, like, something meaningful, or is this symbolic, or what is this? But he goes to this fish store, and she's like, oh, you were here yesterday, so I'm assuming... One of his other personalities went to the fish store and got a new fish because the other one was dead or something. Yeah, that's what I didn't get. Because, like... Like, it was just random. Knowing Mark, like, I wouldn't think he would really give a shit. Yeah, you'd be like, yeah, there's a floater. And, like, we don't know much about Jake besides that he's a killer. So you wouldn't necessarily think he'd be like, oh, we better replace that fish. Yeah. <laughs> but then isn't there at one point where he has, like, two fish in the tank? Yeah, at the end. I don't remember that. At the end, does he have... Like the the regular fish and the one missing? I'm not sure if one is missing an arm. I just know he has two fish at the end. <laughs> Maybe that fish has multiple personalities. <laughs> Eventually there's three fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was a little confused. I wasn't sure exactly what we were supposed to, like, think of that. Like, But yeah, like you said, he lost a couple days and then he tries to go on his date and she's pissed at him and breaks up with him immediately. So she's out of the picture. <laughs> Now, they mentioned it in the recap, and I don't remember exactly where it happens in the episode, but he, he does find the phone hidden that Layla calls him on. Right. He finds some, like, scratch marks on the floor and figures out the table's been moved, so he moves it over, and he's like, realizes there's a board that's misplaced. Right. And so, yeah, he gets in there. He finds the, uh, he finds the phone. He finds, like, a key to something, and... Um, yeah, he starts hearing, like, is it Mark or Conchu? I think he hears Mark tell him to, like, leave it alone to just, like, you know, stop pursuing it or whatever. But, yeah, he gets in the phone and, like, he checks the call log and they're all to Layla. Except for there's, like, one, like, 40 down that says, do champ? Oh, in the comics, there's a character, um, I believe, called that he calls Frenchie, who... Um, I don't know if he's like his version of Alfred or something, or but he's an ally, okay. and I think that's the guy. Okay, so he never comes into play, but he's he's apparently out. He's there. an Easter egg or something, right? Okay, so yeah, he calls Layla because he's confused, and um, she's all worried because he sh- he hasn't called her in like months or something, right? 
And so they just have this confusing conversation where she doesn't understand why he has an accent. Right. All this business. Although it, his accent's like good enough. Don't you think she could have almost maybe been like, who is this? Yeah. Did I die? Or like, do I, I know you're Mark. <laughs> I would know that fake British accent. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's all confused and yeah. And I don't know. I guess somehow she tracks him from this because he hangs up, right? Yeah, in episode two, she basically just you know finds him at the storage up. lockers, and I don't, I don't know if it ever really explains how. Yeah. Also, I don't know what happened to the scarab like in between this, but he doesn't seem like he has it. I mean, we have to assume that Mark, Mark went and no, put it in put the it. storage right locker. That's right, because he had his key. Okay. Um, but anyway, he eventually makes him. It, Back to work, and his his cunty female boss makes him stay late, work late or something. Right. There's also a scene where, like, he was on the bus. When he got off, he saw Ethan Hawke on the bus through the window. So he knows, he, like, he's still present. He's like, oh, shit, he's real. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot that bit. It's like even a little confrontation in the museum later because of that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a big one. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's broken into two pieces because... He's in there doing whatever, and Ethan Hawke comes in, and then um, they talk, and I forget why he let him go. Oh, he judged him in there. Like, he did the judgment thing. Oh, right. In there. And, like, he's got this tattoo of scales that balance on his arm, so you can see, and it just, it won't stop going back and forth, so he's like, you have chaos in you. Right. Like, so he's not good, bad. He's got, he's got chaos in him, apparently. Right. And that, at that point, Ethan Hawke says, let him go. He leaves. And this was kind of a weird scene because it seemed like all the uh, the museum staff came around and they were all part of his cult. And I was like, how are all these people, like, they're vetted and just waiting? Yeah, it, it seemed like there was maybe a little too many people in right. his cult where it's just like, okay, like, everybody here yeah, is a cult member. <laughs> Bob? Nobody knew about him. He's, like, the only person that wasn't in the cult. <laughs> but, yeah, so that goes on. They leave and... It's weird because, like, later that same night, like, like, why did he leave? Because that night he just, like, summons this, like, uh, demon jackal dog thing to, like, go and attack him in the museum. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't want to do it with a bunch of witnesses around. I guess. But they can't see the jackal anyway. Oh, yeah, it was invisible to everybody yeah. else. Yeah, but, I mean, it would still be wrecking shit. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they wanted... Uh, for whatever reason, that's what the path he chose. Yeah, right. And there, there was something like, give up the, the scarab and you won't be ripped apart or something. Right. And, but anyway, he ends up, you know, hiding, locking himself in the bathroom to try to get right away from the jackal. The jackal's starting to beat down the door. And so then in the mirror, Mark starts to talk to him and says, hey, you got to give the body up to me and let me deal with this. Yeah, and that becomes uh, prevalent at that point that there's multiple people, they can see themselves in reflections. And so, yeah, it's going, tension building, the door's buckling, and he finally gives it over, like, right in the nick of time. And that's the first time we see the suit. Like, he dons, Mark dons this, the Moon Knight suit and uh, kicks the shit out of the dog. Well, he's, he starts out as Steven, right? He starts out as, like, Mr. Knight, I think. Am I wrong? When did that? That does happen at some point. I think that happens later because oh, okay. he's yeah. That doesn't happen until episode two. Yeah, because okay. they're having a fight and like um, he's forced to put it on. Hmm. You know, I kind of like how the suit you know magically envelops him, but 
I don't know. There's something about the the CGI suit where I'm like, like I know they they had to make it so it went on and fast, but a part of me is like a practical suit maybe would have looked cooler. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was okay with it. I feel like a practical suit is just a hassle, right? Like they'd have to like keep touching it up every scene, every cut, you know? Like, right. I think at the very least, though, like the the Mister Knight suit would have looked cooler if it was just a yeah. suit and mask. I think so. Yeah. I thought it was cool either way, though. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Let's move on to episode two, unless you guys got any, anything else on that one. So episode two is called Summon the Suit. Grant is blamed for the damage caused by the jackal creature uh, due to it not appearing on the museum security cameras and is fired. Now, I don't remember, but, like, you know, one need it still showed, like, shit moving that he didn't touch, or am I wrong? Um, well... I don't think it really hit anything like in the main museum part, and it wasn't until he got like down the bottom where he was throwing around shelves and shit. So maybe that part wasn't on camera. I mean, do they think he himself would have been strong enough to like fuck up the bathroom door so bad though? I don't know. Yeah, there was definitely some damage. It should be questionable. Down there. <laughs> um, he uses the key card um, to access a storage locker where he finds the scarab. He speaks with his reflection, another identity in Grant's body that introduces himself as American mercenary Mark Spector, uh, the current avatar of the Egyptian moon god Khonshu. Grant is controlled uh, or is confronted by Layla Spector's uh, confronted by Layla Spector's wife, who is unaware of Grant's existence uh, before being arrested by police officers working for Harrow. <laughs> More people in the old cabal. Uh, Harrow reveals that he was Conchu's uh, previous avatar until he chose instead to follow Amit. He explains that he wants to use the scarab to find Amit's tomb and resurrect her so she can purge humanity of evil by wiping out everyone who has or will ever commit evil deeds. Uh, Layla rescues Grant, but Harrow summons another jackal creature. Uh, Grant manages to summon a suit of his own, so that's where he becomes uh, Mr. Knight, to fight the Jackal, but is overpowered and allows Spectre to take control. Spectre kills the Jackal, but loses the Scarab to Harrow. Conchu threatens to claim uh, Layla as his next avatar if Spectre fails to stop Harrow. Um, so very minority report. With the whole, like, mm. stopping criminals before they even commit right. a crime. The Department of Future Crime, something like that. Right, right. Um, any highlights or things about this episode? Just that Mr. Knight suit. They introduced that, so you got to see Stephen Grant become Mr. Knight. Right. And that was yeah, he's got, like, the nerdy, like, three-piece suit. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of the Layla character? Uh, I didn't really like make her an important part of the story. I felt like she was kind of she was an okay side character. I didn't really feel too invested in her. She was she becomes a hero later, so I guess maybe there's like some sort of spinoff for her in the future. But I'm not too invested in that. She seemed kind of accepting that uh, you know her boyfriend has a another personality in there. It took her a while though, because like when they first met, didn't like. Didn't she either think he was, like, full of shit for a while, or just, like, I don't know, it wasn't... Yeah, I mean, there was something. Yeah, she never knew about Stephen Grant, which is wild, because... But even, like, like after she accepted or whatever, it seems like she's kind of, like, attracted to him sometimes. I'm like, your other dude's in there, you know? Mm. (laughs) I mean, 
I mean, the other thing is, is, is like, so we find out eventually that, like, you know, Mark created Stephen when he was, like, very young. Right. So you would think that he, either him or the Jake Loxley personality, would have came out at some point in their relationship, don't you? Yeah, and it's kind of weird to, if you try to say some kind of timeline, it's like, when did this guy get an apartment and have this whole career as yeah. like an Egyptologist slash storekeeper slash tour guide or whatever the fuck he is? And like Mark is also doing all this other life stuff. With yeah, like her. how did he ever keep his job? Right. Because <laughs> Mark never stopped working, doing missions for Conchu. This is another thing. Like once he figures out like something's going on, why does he keep going to work? <laughs> like... Uh, like, if, if I destroyed the bathroom and the shit downstairs, I'd just be like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm fired. And I'd just leave and never come back. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, like, if I if I kept blacking out and waking up in weird places, like, even I would be like, maybe I should see somebody about this. Right. Maybe I need some anti-seizure medication. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Fight Club, like... He was never, like, waking up in weird places, right? So he would have never really had a... Right, he just had insomnia. Right. He was always tired. Right. And by the way, Steven should always be tired because, like, yeah. all yeah. the shit He's Mark's He's some doing. exercise. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess moving right along then, episode three, The Friendly Type. Worst place to wake up randomly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Blue Oyster Bar from Police Academy. Right. Just wake up and they're like, da 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 no. <laughs> Anytime you wake up in a bar, this has got to be bad. <laughs> uh, episode three, The Friendly Type. Oh. Oh. I saw a picture. You know those big trough urinals? Yeah. I saw one where a dude was passed out in one of those. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's got to be up there. Because he had to have woken up at some point. I wonder if anyone's ever drowned in one of those. Oh, God. <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> uh, so episode three, Harrow and his followers discovered the location of Amit's tomb in the Egyptian desert. In Cairo, Spectre and Grant both experienced blackouts while uh, tracking a lead to Harrow's location. So yeah, that was the first time, because I remember they, like, they're interrogating those guys, and like all of a sudden he wakes up and they're all dead, and... Stephen's like, Mark, what did you do? And he's like, that wasn't me or whatever. So yeah, at that point, we, yeah, we know there's a third guy. Um, after failing to gain information, Khonshu calls a council between his fellow Egyptian gods and their avatars to warn them of Harrow's plans. So let's pause for a second. Sure. I, I might be getting my timeline mixed up. So Harrow has this scarab to find the tomb of this god, goddess. And so basically he falls out in the desert and they're out there digging. Right. So he's pretty much found it, right? I think so. So this was kind of confusing to me because didn't that did that happen before? Like he's actually like out like digging close to finding it or something. I think they're digging for it, right? Okay, but yeah. So why did Conchu call the thing like? Oh, basically because they didn't know where he was, but they knew he was getting close. Right, they knew he had the scarab and must be close. So basically their only tactic was to call the gods to try to stop it right there. Right. Okay. But I, I have a question about that when we get to it. Um, yeah, after failing to gain information, Khonshu calls a council between his fellow Egyptian gods and their avatars to warn them of Harrow's plans. But Harrow successfully denies the accusations. Okay, 
how stupid are these avatars <laughs> that they're like, oh, we're not going to investigate this at all. We're just going to like take this guy's word for it. And, and obviously we can see this guy's a little crazy, so we well, believe this guy. Well, in the council, the actual gods are present in them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so also, like, yeah, this guy just... Well, maybe back up for a second. It just seems like somebody, one of those gods, could have been like, okay, this guy's being accused of, like, having the scarab and, like, going to Amit's tomb or whatever. Like, we're going to, like, use our powers to investigate and see. Oh, oh, yep. They're definitely his followers. They're digging holes. Like, it just was so stupid that they, like, so quickly, like, believed him. Right. I thought that was a huge But they're they're kind of like, petty anyway and so he knows he might be in prison conch for this but he comes in front of them and he's just like kind of a cocky asshole to them even though he knows they might fuck him up i'm like this guy's strategy is not great like this isn't <laughs> no. how you go to court at all <laughs> no but um but yeah i like you said i i definitely thought that was a bit of a plot hole or just something that didn't didn't but, ring true but yeah they they do all that and then they after the accusation that um uh, Harrow's trying to raise this goddess. They're like, this is a serious accusation. And then they like summon him there. And yeah, basically he just lies to him. And they're like, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a little more complicated because they talk to... Uh, well, I'll just read the rest yeah, of the yeah. thing here. Hathor's avatar, Yatzel, tells Spectre to find the sarcophagus of Medje, who knew of the location of Amit's tomb. Layla finds Spectre and takes him to meet with Anton Mogart, an acquaintance who owns the sarcophagus. Harrow arrives and destroys it, forcing Spectre, Grant, and Layla to fight off Mogart's men and escape into the desert. Grant assembles some of the sarcophagus fragments into a star map, uh, but it is 2,000 years out of date. Khonshu uses his powers to briefly turn back the night sky to the correct night, allowing Grant and Layla to find Amit's tomb. The other gods imprison Khonshu in a Ushabti for this, leaving Grant and Spectre's body without Khonshu's powers. So going back a bit, so they go to this like rich guy that owns the sarcophagus. Why did Harrow even go there? Like he... Right. I don't know. He, sh- he should have been out in the desert just pursuing. I guess somehow he knew what they were going to do and decided to try to preempt them so they couldn't stop him. It, it's shaky. Yeah. The more we get into this, like I like the show, but the more we talk about it, I'm like, there really was some nonsense in there. <laughs> yeah, that didn't make much. But yeah, supposedly this uh, sarcophagus has has the location of the tomb. And so they go go on an adventure looking for that, which, yeah, the whole thing is kind of... The other thing is, like, okay, Kanchu uses his power, and him and Mr. Knight, they, you know, swirl the sky, and he gets in trouble for it. But a part of me is thinking, like, there's probably some sort of star website where they could have just looked this shit up <laughs> and, and found it without doing Too that. Easy. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably right. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Google. Fuck. Why do why am I have to be in prison and stuff? (laughs) Dumbass. Um, is there anything else you can think of that episode that maybe you'd want to touch on? Uh, is there anything that happens? They're at that big party and there's a big fight. One thing, uh, about the woman is like, she does heroics, but, uh, they have her fighting these guys. I'm like, she's not protected at all. The other guy's got the moon suit. At least he's got armor. Right. And she's just out there kicking everybody's ass. I'm like, eh. 
ah, that's a little shaky. And there's other times too, I think, when like like Mark will be fighting or something, he won't have the suit. I'm like, you know, you got the suit right. Why don't you put on the suit? <laughs> Just put on the suit. You know, he could stab you. Right now. Plus, just visually, like, it's more entertaining for us if he's fighting in a suit, right? Right. And doing Moon Knight shit. Um, I don't know if it mentions this, but, like, I think it's... I think it's maybe in this next episode. There's that scene where, like, she saves him by distracting the guys with the flare. And then she throws the flare in the truck. And just because it lands on, like, a stack of bullets, it just, like, starts the bullets off. And I'm like... I'm like, I don't think that would happen. (laughs) Get the Mythbusters on this one. I don't think that road player is going to set off all those bullets. Uh, so episode four, the tomb. Uh, Grant and Layla find a deserted campsite at the location of Amit's tomb, which is a maze in the shape of the Eye of Horus. I mean, I kind of remember them going to the thing. I don't remember it showing like a big maze or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. They get inside the tomb at any rate. Uh, they discover that some of Harrow's men have been killed by undead Egyptian priests who then attack Grant and Layla. Layla defeats the priest, but encounters Harrow, who claims that Spectre was uh, one of the mercenaries who murdered her archaeologist father, Abdallah el Foloy. Uh, Grant finds the tomb and discovers that Amit's last avatar was Alexander the Great. He retrieves Amit's Ushabti uh, from inside Alexander's body. Layla angrily confronts Spectre, who reveals that his partner killed Layla's father, and Spectre himself before Khan to revive... Uh, Spectre as his avatar. Um, Harrow arrives and shoots Spectre, who wakes up in a psychiatric hospital populated by people from his life. After escaping from Harrow, he appears as a therapist at the hospital. Spectre finds Grant in a separate body trapped in a sarcophagus. They also see a second sarcophagus with someone else trapped inside. So another indication that there's a third being before being greeted by a female hippopotamus headed figure. Um, one thing I remember <laughs> was like when she confronts him about like, did you kill my father or whatever? And he kind of tells that story. Like she gets all mad at him. But a part of me was thinking like, couldn't you guys get out of there first and then like go through this story or whatever? When you know, like the bad guys are on your heel. Yeah. Yeah. There was some point where I was like, yeah, go. Right. Yeah. 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 Like get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Um, what was the deal? Why did he desecrate like the uh, Alexander the Great's uh, mummified body? Again? Well, he had some clue that it was like stuck down his throat. Oh, the uh, statue. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he had to pr- like pry open his mouth and reach down his throat. I forget exactly what the clue was, but yeah, he had some sort of clue that that made him do that. I don't. I don't. It must have been, been part long. of the. Yeah, I don't remember the exactly. Parch- or the. Uh, the parchment or whatever. Yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of wish I remembered. Like, I mean, the, the thing of it is, it's like w- at the end of the episode when he gets shot and he wakes up, you know, in the hospital. Like, did you guys ever get the impression, like, oh, maybe it was all in his head? Because for me, I was just like, I, well, like, I never really believed that, like, the stuff that happened before wasn't real. Right. I, I just assumed he was on the passage to the underworld or whatever wherever in the fuck they go the field of reeds but um like this kind of in between like it's not purgatory really it's a ship where well you're skipping ahead to episode five we're skipping ahead but he's in this space where it's like a psychiatrist's office but ethan hawk is his psychiatrist which i never really 
entirely figured out. Yeah, because, like, it's basically... Well, it's not even really in his own head. It kind of is, but it's also, like, a literal version of the Underworld. So it's like, why would a version of Harrow be there? Like, why all of this... I mean, I forget the hippopotamus lady you know, says that the underworld looks different depending on, like, the person. And she's like, oh, I've never seen it as a mental hospital. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, like, I was like, yeah, he's got this, like, thing, but has he ever himself been to a mental hospital? I'm not sure. And, like, I don't know. It just, I don't think they set it up enough to be, like, why it would be like that. (laughs) It was more just like, oh, how do we, like, throw the people off or... Yeah, it just kind of it did throw me off. Well, in the comics, like there was a point where he did see like a psychiatrist, and uh, I'm not sure, but that psychiatrist might have had like some sort of they had an impact on his life. But I don't know if they're like nefarious or what the deal was. Oh yeah, I read that run. Yeah, it's like the psychiatrist turns out to I don't know if I don't remember if they were a bad guy or. Oh, that's right. Okay, so no, not the psychiatrist, the rabbi. The rabbi of the family turns out to be a Nazi who kills. <laughs> That's a turns like if I if I pretend I'm a Jew, they'll never know. <laughs> yeah, who kills people and he sees it, and that's when he becomes like this multiple personality disorder type. Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember like because I remember like there was a long section. Well, maybe it was in episode five, but. You know, of of Harrow and him having the discussion and, like, basically him, you know, trying to make him think that he's made up all this stuff. Right. He's trying to, yeah, throw him off his, make, make him doubt himself. And, like, every time, like, it reboots to that scene multiple times, but, like, he'll get angry or frustrated and, like, he'll escape out into the hospital. And so at some point you find out the hospital and all the rooms and stuff are part of this giant arc or something that's going off to the after after life but um i I guess the big takeaways is he's supposed to deal with his problems on on there and like you said there's the hippopotamus god so at some point she takes out their hearts and puts them on a scale and it's not balancing like the chaos thing so well well um before i get there I, I was wondering, do you guys remember that scene? It would have been either the end of episode four, maybe the beginning of five, where it goes to like that crappy looking like adventure video where like there's that adventure and his name is Stephen Grant. Mm. So we get the feeling that like right. that's a video like him and his brother watched as kids. And that's presumably where he got the name Stephen Grant. Right. That's where he started creating the character. But that character doesn't act at all like Stephen Grant. Really, right? That guy's actually brave and stuff. right. But he is like he does take on like the archaeologist and the he's like uh, you know a student of Egyptology and stuff. So there's elements there. So let me really quick. I'll read the breakdown to episode five because you're kind of going into it, and then I'll let you finish uh, your point there. Uh, the hippopotamus. All right. So number episode five is called Asylum. The hippopotamus-headed woman in the Egyptian is the Egyptian goddess Tawaret. I'm probably mispronouncing it. Who explains that Spectre and Grant are dead, and the psychiatric hospital is a boat sailing through the Duat, the Egyptian afterlife. Afterlife. Oop, my stupid phone's messing up on me. 
Um, she weighs their hearts on a scales of justice to determine whether they can enter the field of reeds. But the hearts are imbalanced by hidden memories that she suggests they explore together. Which is kind of a, like a convenient plot point to get us <laughs> to see the things we need to see, but okay. Grant sees a memory of Spectre's younger brother Randall drowning and Spectre's mother blaming him for it. While Spectre shows Grant how he became Conchu's avatar, avatar while on a mission with his partner Bushman who murdered Layla's father. Spectre and Grant convince Tawaret to help them uh, return to the living world so they can stop Harrow, and she steers the boat towards the gates of Os Osiris. Spectre reluctantly explains that he unknowingly created Grant as a result of his mother's abuse. Grant and Spectre reconcile with each other, but their scales fail to balance and hostile spirits attack them, dragging Grant into the duot where he turns to sand. The scales balance and Spectre finds him himself in the field of reeds. Yeah, there was one thing about the scales balancing there that I just didn't get. Like, uh, the whole point was that Spectre and Grant couldn't both go in, go to the Field of Reeds because they were unbalanced. But this whole time, there was the third personality, Jake Lockley, that was in there. Right. And, and yeah. Well, the show hasn't even really addressed him. You, you suspect he exists. But, yeah, you would think he would be on the boat regardless yeah. And there is like a sarcophagus on the boat, so presumably he's in that. But yeah, it it doesn't make sense. It's it's a whole. It especially comes up when you're like, oh, there's a third guy. Why wasn't he there? He obviously has some uh, psychological issues. The third guy. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like, so like they confront their memories. Yeah. So it would it it would make sense knowing what we know that like they would still be imbalanced because we know there's that third guy there. But then why, when Steven gets thrown off the boat, are they magically balanced? Yeah. They shouldn't be, because we know the Jake character is still yeah, around. there. So yeah, you know, and you brought this up to me off, off the show, but you're right. Retroactively, like that part doesn't really make sense. Yeah, once, once you know, really know that he exists. Right. I mean, I'm sure they can come up with some sort of reason to pave over that, but it, it definitely is creates a logic problem, I think. Yeah. I will say, though, like, um, most people I hear, like, talking online say that this episode was their favorite episode because it does have kind of all the personal stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it gets to that. I found it a little tedious. Some of the backstory is good, like, um, like you said, accidentally killing the little brother. And then the estrangement from the mother because she just um, kind of outwardly hates him after that. Right. And so he created this other identity and kind of protects him from the shitty part of his mom. And that's why Steven still thinks he has a mom and has a good relationship with her. Even though it comes out that she had died, which makes his phone calls really weird. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like they go back and forth on that a few times. I found it kind of tedious that they kept going back to Harrow, and I don't know. I didn't really love that aspect of it. You know what's curious is so, like, obviously, like, when we open the show, like, Grant has no idea that Mark exists, right? Right, and he does mention that he tried to keep a wall between them, but it's, they started, it broke down. But at the same time, like, Mark is self-aware when Grant is created, right? He knows Grant exists. Yeah. But seemingly, neither of them somehow know that Jake exists. Yeah, it does seem that way. Yeah. 
Because you would almost think that if like trauma forced Mark to create Grant, that something would have forced him to create Jake. Maybe Jake's the first personality and he really did kill his brother. That could be interesting, actually, if like, because all this time we thought Mark was like the primary and he invented Steven. Yeah, but his dad calls him Mark, too. That's true. Yeah, his dad dad always loved him and and stuck with him throughout it, yeah. So it does seem like Mark Mark is kind of the original. Yeah. Yeah. You know what could be interesting is if one of his personalities was a woman. (laughs) I think you're interested in that. All of a sudden, like, he puts on a high-pitched voice, and then, like, when he changes the mood night, it's like this evening gown. <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't watch. <laughs> Although, eventually, they'll ha- they will have to make a third moon night suit, right, for the Jake personality? Yeah, that's, what I'm th- that's why I was uh, hoping the last episode they would have shown it, but... I think no. it's going to be a zoot suit. But, I mean, the Mr. Knight character has a suit, so it, it would seem redundant, right, if he had a... Yeah. A suit and a zoot suit are not the same thing, sir. <laughs> I actually don't know what a zoot suit looks like. <laughs> Is it like it's one of those flamboyant. jazz types? Yeah, suits? jazzy. Hmm. Maybe like um, he'll have like MC Hammer pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's supposed to be like a, like an Italian gangster type, right? Yeah. He's got like a fedora. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, boy. I feel like there's things in that episode that I forgotten and paved over, but yeah, we we kind of hit the high points. Yeah, I remember episode five being my favorite in the whole series. But yeah, towards the end, there's a confrontation on the the boat. Like you said, one gets thrown out, the scales balance, and the other one finds himself in the field of reeds. Right, and that's how that episode ends. And then he's like, no, fuck this. I want to go back. And then you're like, oh, all that other shit was pointless. Well, let me get to it here. So episode episode six, gods and monsters. Um, Harrow frees Amit and kills the avatars of the other Egyptian gods. Layla finds Khonshu's Ushabti and releases him. Um, Although it doesn't, it kind of skips over um, the part where... um, like a bunch of Harrow's guys are killed, and Tawaret, the hippopotamus god, starts talking to Layla like through them. Oh yeah. She first says like, "Go back and like um, save Mark or do something to save Mark," but she's like, "No, I'm gonna go with Harrow instead." Um, anyway, Spectre refuses to stay in the field of reeds and returns to the Duat to rescue Grant. With Tawaret's help, they help or. Uh, they escape through the gates of Osiris and awaken in their body. Khonshu rebonds with them, restoring their powers. Layla discovers that Amit can be rebound by multiple avatars and agrees to become the temporary avatar of Tawaret. They join Spectre, Grant, and Khonshu in fighting Harrow and Amit. Harrow overpowers Spectre and Grant, uh, but they experience a blackout during which time they somehow defeat Harrow. <laughs> Which is both another way to, uh, you know, hint at something we already know about and, like, I feel like skip over an action scene and get yeah. out cheaper. Um, Spectre and Layla seal Amit in Harrow's body, imprisoning her, and Khonshu urges Spectre to execute Harrow and Amit. Spectre refuses and orders Khonshu to release him and Grant, Grant from their service. Uh, the pair find themselves in the hospital 
where they reject the vision and choose to continue their new life together as heroes. In a mid-credits scene, Harrow is killed by Jake Lockley, Spectre's third alter, who is still working with Khonshu. Um, One thing that comes to mind that I was talking to him about is like, so, you know, Layla, she becomes the avatar of the hippopotamus god. But she, like, her thing is like she gets wings. And I'm like... That would make more sense if it was like an eagle god or some sort of bird god, right? Instead of yeah. the hip- hippopotamus god. you I don't know what power she would get from a hippopotamus god, but it just seemed a little weird to me that wings were the thing she got. Yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, I guess it's good that she doesn't look like a hippopotamus, too. <laughs> <laughs> that could be funny, though. She's just chomping on people. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, the Moon Knight suit, you know, it kind of has the moon theme. and But then, like, the hippopotamus got yeah. You know, it just seemed kind of weird. Yeah. And isn't isn't there, like, a... Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but isn't there an Egyptian god that's a bird? Yeah, is it? Horus, uh, right? Which one starts with it? In Latin, Jehovah begins with an eye. <laughs> I'm, I'm forgetting. But, yeah, there are statues with, like, a, either a hawk or an eagle. Um... First of all, a short episode. I think it was only like 42 minutes or something to wrap things up. So even going into it, I was like, uh, I don't know if this is going to be even long enough to kind of satisfyingly bring this to a conclusion. And that's kind of my problem with a lot of these Marvel shows is just like, I don't know. I, just, I feel like they're almost like these bite-sized morsels that don't aren't quite satisfying. Yeah. Just when it gets good, like that's when the season ends. Like that's when you're ready to watch it. You know? Right. Oh, it is worse. I think um, Loki cow. ended the best way, you know, just because like, it ended strong, but it had like a, a lot going on up until the ending, so yeah, it led up to it right. pretty well. Yeah, sometimes like their their lead-in, their build-up time is on the long side, and mm-hmm. then it's like, bang, you're done. The, yeah, the resolution just seems too quick sometimes, I think. Yeah. Uh, so one thing about um, these, there's a connection here between uh, WandaVision and Moon Knight. That uh, Wanda Vision or Wanda, she gets her powers of the Scarlet Witch from the Demon Cthone, right? They mentioned that in uh, Doctor Strange Two. Uh, that is the same demon that was run off by the Demiurge, and the Demiurge was the the creation of Gaia and the Earth's atmosphere. So they like created the Demiurge, and the Demiurge is what ran off Cthone and all the Elder Gods, and the Demiurge is who became. Uh, Amen Ra. So he's the one who led to the gods of Egypt, like Khonshu and them. So there's a connection there between WandaVision and this. Hmm, interesting. And also, like, <clears throat> I don't know much about Kang, but in the comics, I believe he also has some sort of connection to Egypt. Yeah, so he's uh, Rama Tut, like one of the f- uh, former pharaohs of Egypt. And uh, I think in uh, Moon Knight, there's actually w- one person who's wearing, like, a jacket that has, like, his emblem on it. So I think that's a callback to uh, King. Oh, okay. It's, like, the thing about, like, Marvel, like, as a whole, I guess this would be true at DC as well. Like, what do you, like, it's just weird that there's, like, actual, like, gods and shit, you know? <laughs> Which I guess we started with Thor is kind of a god. You know, and and like all the Asgardians, but like I don't know, it's just it it, it creates a weird tapestry kind yeah. of all these like supernatural characters, but and then you got like the the uh, alongside the more grounded characters, you know, it's just it, 
It's kind of weird. We're going to see the uh, Greek gods in uh, Thor Love and Thunder, I think. Yeah, I've heard that. Which, like, that's also, like, kind of a, a weird thing. It's just, like, how do you explain, like, yeah, like them? Because the, that's the same problem we have with the Eternals. Like, what were they doing this whole time, right? How come they weren't helping? Well, and if the Greek gods really exist, that means that they must have, like, came down to Earth, or how else would we know about yeah, them, you know? Right. Although in Thor 1, don't we find out that, like, um, the Asgardians did vis- visit Earth, like, a long time ago, like, the Viking Age or mm-hmm. something? I forget exactly what the context was, but it was something like that. Yeah, well, I think it was trying to link Earth Vikings to their, you know... To their mythology. Okay. Um, let's see. Any other thoughts about a moon night? I'm sure there's things I'm forgetting. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot quite a bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, decent. Some inconsistencies. I, I'm looking for answers at the beginning of season two, if they <laughs> have it. <laughs> yeah, I do hope they do a second season rather than just like throw them in midnight suns or something. Cause yeah, definitely like, especially ending like with the, the, the reveal of the Jake Lockley character and us knowing nothing about him. Like I, I would like a show that just dedicated the, mm-hmm. you know, the three of them, you know, to just to get to know that character better. And also just because Oscar Isaac was so good, you know, yeah, uh, definitely want to see more of him. Uh, trying to think like what do we got upcoming so it's gonna be miss marvel like are you looking forward to miss marvel like i do kind of enjoy the comics but i I feel like it is very much like a teenage drama Uh, it is but man that trailer is so good like it looks so good it it has a fun 80s vibe to it it just it seems like is it 80s or 90s i can't tell actually now i think about it but it's like retro. I mean, yeah, the 80s had a lot of those kind of movies, so yeah. I, I guess I could see that. It, it just, I hope it's not 90s, because 90s music sucks. <laughs> well, it's not like a set, it's not like a period piece set in the 80s. It's like modern day, so it's probably going to have modern day shitty music. Oh, okay, but it just has like a retro look to it. Like there's like uh, little bubbles and yeah, you know, old comic looking type. Uh, it's been a while since I, I watched that trailer, but yeah, I would assume it's set in, you know, modern day. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like a fun young kids movie. I, I think it's good that Marvel's reaching. I know Spider-Man is kind of that. Yeah, I mean, it is it is good and smart of them to, get, to go with different genres. Like I just hope that this show is like like entertaining for adults as yeah. well as is kids which i think it will be like the, i think they do a good job in the comics with her of making her much like a peter parker where like just like her as a character and like like the 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 drama she has with her family is interesting so like you don't need the superhero stuff and- on top of it like just her as a character is interesting and on top on top of that like the soundtrack sounds amazing anyway like from the trailer the songs the music it just it, it sends chills down my spine when I was listening to now remind me like what kind of music did they have because i i don't remember yeah, it's like remixes from like the weekend uh i i can't sing the song because i'm terrible <laughs> but uh yeah I'll, I'll play it for you later but it's really good fun new music Mm, new music. I know it's new, but it, it's a Marvel has its own touch to it. So, it, so you're telling me they won't be playing 38 special? <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> I'll have to wait for Guardians <laughs> three for for good music. Um, um, and then we got Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, and then I think um, She Hulk later this year. Oh right, uh, I know well, there wasn't an ad when right? we went to the movies. There was what? There wasn't like a preview. Well, I mean, it's a TV show or though. Trailer. Yeah. There oh, was there was for Thor. Oh, I thought it was going to be a movie. No, She-Hulk's going to be a Disney Plus series. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Because much like um, <clears throat> with... Uh, the Hulk is weird because like... Um, I think it's like Universal owns the distribution rights for the Hulk character. Which means basically if, if Disney makes a movie... Well, makes a movie of either Hulk or She-Hulk, they can't really... They can do it, but then Universal has all the distribution rights. So, which means that, like they they wouldn't even necessarily put it on Disney Plus or, you know. Well, I'm sure they'd iron that out beforehand. They wouldn't be like, "We made this movie." <laughs> I don't know. They've never been able to come to terms. So, so that's why, like, for the most part, the Hulk just appears in other people's movies, and they're doing the TV show with the, uh, with uh, you know, She Hulk. <laughs> It just gets them to keep more of their money, which which actually is fine to me. I'm not even like I've always found the Hulk to be kind of a one dimensional character. <laughs> they fleshed him out, I think. I think they did okay. There's a comic right now where the Hulk is like extremely powerful. He's got Bruce Banner controlling him, and uh, it might be, if not the strongest form of the Hulk, one of the strongest we've ever seen. And he's fighting All Father Thor. So that that comic is coming out. That's actually happening right now. So Hulk and, versus uh, Thor. Yeah, All Father Thor with Odin in his hammer. Oh, so it's like a just over just overpowered matchup that they're doing right now. <laughs> Curious to see who wins. The ever fighting, uh, ever like long battle between <laughs> most popular characters, yeah, Thor and Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, those those ought to be fun. I think on the movie front, it might just be Thor: Love and Thunder because I I think originally like they were gonna try to get um, Black Panther two out in the fall, but then that slipped to twenty twenty three, I believe. But uh, Thor looks fun, so so we got some stuff to look forward to still. Um, circling back to Moon Knight, I guess uh, overall, where do would you guys rate it scale of one to ten? I give it like a six point three out of ten. Yeah, six and a half. Hmm. I was thinking like seven, but now you're making me second guess. It's only half a point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's definitely like it's in the, the it's in that mid range. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll go seven out of ten. I hate that so much stuff that we've reviewed lately. I feel that way about like yeah, like I almost feel like the funner reviews are like um, the stuff that's really good or the stuff that's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Although, well. Yeah, I guess like TV wise, Hawkeye was the last thing we did that was really bad. <laughs> yeah. Movie wise, maybe like Wonder Woman eighty four that wasn't very good. Right? Yeah, that was mediocre. <laughs> we didn't see Morbius. That would have been a oh. fun review. <laughs> maybe when it comes out on video, we should watch it. Just to <laughs> yeah, that did not do well at all. Morbius. I mean, I think it made money, but yeah, review wise, like it seems like. Whew. Yeah. Seems like it's uh, it's pretty bad. Hey, do you think I was talking to him? Like, do you think for like the next Marvel show, like we should do this again, or should we try like reviewing it like week to week, like a spoiler review every week? I think we should do episode to episode. We Maybe we should try that. 
It'd probably make us remember more. That's what I'm thinking, is we'd have a little more, um, you know, details to go on. We could do, well, I was going to say that uh, we could do, like, the, uh, start doing Star Wars, like, the Obi-Wan series is coming up. But, like, I don't know if any of us are, like, nerdy enough into Star Wars to really give a, a great review. Yeah, I don't have the deep background knowledge. I don't know. Everyone just wants to see more Baby Yoda. Why are you guys fucking around with all this other stuff? <laughs> Baby Yoda. It's it's weird though, because like Boba Fett, old, old Yoda oh. is my least favorite Star Wars character. Like I fucking hate him. He sucks. I so, liked Yoda. So like when they they bring it, then they're like, oh, we got Baby Yoda. I'm like, ah, great, fucking another one of these assholes. <laughs> like I want him to stay a baby forever because I never want another old ass. Annoying. <laughs> well, the thing is, he lives for for such a long period of time. Like he could be a baby for a hundred years. Okay, that works. That works. <laughs> Never skip ahead. Never skip ahead. <laughs> baby Yoda. Uh baby Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You got anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this bad boy up? No, that'll do it. Nope. Well, guys, um, thank you very much, anyone who, who made it <laughs> this long. Hopefully, everybody, uh, for for joining us. Um, if you will, please subscribe both to our YouTube channel and on your podcast service of choice. Leave us thumbs up, positive reviews, comments. Um, tell us anything else you'd like us to review. We'd probably be happy to do it. Um, and also, why not annoy us on Twitter or just ask us fun questions guys where can people find you on twitter at a name for this too and that's the number two at unsolicited sug and you can of course find me at zach jones live that's z-a-c-h-j-o-n-e-s-l-i-v-e and that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week please 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 tune in again next week bye guys take care have a good one